Welcome to the new and improved Geek Therapy, just like the old Geek Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like it. We didn't we didn't change much since last week, but we're back, which I'm which I'm happy. Yeah. I'm very happy about. So it is it is Pride Month. Let's have the gayest episode we've ever had, shall we? Can we, we do that? We've had some really gay episodes this way. I know, but so, I want the gayest episode. The gayest ever. episode? Yeah. All yeah. gay, all the time. Yes. Well, not even that. Not even just gay. Let's have, like, the the queerest episode. Like, Please. Yeah. trans. Let's include the trans people, too. Oh, no, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Yes. <laughs> like I said, awesome let, and queer. Let, let's celebrate queer culture. And you can you can, you can can school me on anything that, that I get wrong. Just, oh, I'm going to yell at you if you get anything wrong. Oh, absolutely. Just yell at me, please. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, on that note, um, I saw on Facebook that you that you listened to Jedi Council's um, Pride Month episode, which is, I think, 51. Mm-hmm. And it's it, again, like I'm glad that people across the Geek Therapy Network are, are, are able to touch similar topics and, and look at them from different perspectives. And, and so what do you think of, of, of their episode? I thought their episode was great. Um, they covered Love is Love, which we already have talked about on the show. Um, first. Yeah, we did talk about it first. <laughs> you were just trying to pick fights with them. Uh, with um, everybody, if I can. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Even yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially me. Um, but it's a good, like, just simple like queerness lgbtq plus community 101 kind of episode there's a couple of things that i think they they didn't hit but i mean in an hour episode you can't really hit everything right um this community is so huge and complex but i think they did a really good job of explaining the history of mental health in the queer community um and you know i think they did a good job of accepting that they they aren't weren't necessarily going to get everything right because in in the queer community you can't get everything right for everybody, um, and you just have to accept that um, what you say could be could be not the, true for someone else in the in the in LGBT plus Q plus community, and that if you get it wrong, accept that you you got it wrong and and try to get it right the next time. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and and you know we're not going to rehash any of the stuff that they talked about over no. there. We're gonna, you know, Pride Month is a celebration. Let's celebrate. It is. Woo. So so what is uh, like? What are some of the ideas you had um, for for us to kind of talk about some some great examples and 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 again, I think that um, celebrating is just good for the soul. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that kind of therapy, the therapy that feels good, you know, the yeah. being um, accepted and being among your peers and and feeling pride in and being in who you visible are. and heard yes. and yep. um there there's two sides to Pride Month, right? It's it's the party and the celebrating who you are and loving who you are, and it's also the standing up for yourself and the the taking back your control of your life and and standing up for what's right. Um, and that's a big uh, push right now in, in the queer community. In Pride is like resisting and um, and showing that we aren't going to accept uh, certain things, but also have our fun and party. 
all at the same time. Oh, yeah. So, Actually, uh, yeah. this is something <laughs> I was thinking about. Uh, I think Jedi Council Katie and Brandon are in Nebraska, I think. And you're in Which San is, Francisco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's, a, there's, I, I think that there's probably um, Pride Month is very different in each of these places. Very, like, very different. Like you were just saying, like, like, what is your weekend like? Like, what are the next couple of days like for you? What are your so plans? So we are recording before Pride Weekend. This is going to air after Pride Weekend in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But the rest of my week, let's see. Tomorrow night is a queer event at the comic shop that I that I go to in San Francisco Comics Experience. Um, and they're going to have queer creators there signing. And um, one of the guys that works there is going to debut his drag persona. And I'm really excited for that. Um, so that's that's Thursday. Friday, I'm going to Trans March. Um, and that's the first, this is the first year I'm going to be able to go to Trans March. And I'm really excited for that. And then Saturday is Dyke March, so I'm going to spend the day in the park uh, drinking beer and eating uh, delicious San Francisco sandwiches, uh, and then march to the Castro. Um, Dyke March is always great. Really focuses on a population that sometimes, like, both Trans March and Dyke March focus on on populations that are um, not really looked at as much in the queer community a lot of people when they think of lgbt people they think of gay men and so it's good to have those spaces for those groups and then sunday i will be marching in the museums with pride contingent Uh, my wife works at the cartoon art museum and we get to march with them in the pride parade and hand out flyers for the queer comics expo um, that she has founded and, and put together is in its fourth year um and it'll be happening uh in july july 8th and 9th so it's gonna be a fun-filled crazy tiring weekend full of rainbows and <laughs> and awesomeness <laughs> so many rainbows that's a that's a lot of stuff for one weekend yes it is yes it is <laughs> So when we talked about ideas about different things that we could talk about in, in this episode. So I brought up one of the biggest things was the Queer Comics Expo. And yeah, it's a shameless plug for my wife's convention, but it's also a really important way to get queer creators together um, and like be able to build a community. So I went to Queers and Comics, which is a totally different thing, uh, a couple months ago. And that was more of an academic conference. This is a floor show, like what you would typically think of when you go to a convention. It's very small. um, And it's grown over the past few years. This is its fourth year. And they really seem to have built a a sense of community. Um, The volunteers, we always welcome more volunteers. um, But... It's the same, almost usually there's a core group of volunteers that, that helps out every year. Um, and the creators, uh, my wife is trying to get more, uh, like a, a, a wider diverse group and bring in some new blood, but there are some, some people that are there every year and it's nice. It's like going, having a little reunion every year for these 
these queer creators. Um, In addition to queer comics creators, is it like what else is it? Are there any their panels or, or or anything going on regarding queer content, like queer there, themes yeah. or yeah? Okay, there are panels. Um, I'm not sure what panels are going to be there this year. Um, but there have been panels in the past about, um, like, typically when you go to a, your standard convention, there's like the gays and comics panel or something like this. But these panels, you can get into like what it's like to be genderqueer in the, um, in, in the comics community. And like, um, what's another panel that I've, I've seen, um, uh, trans issues in, in comics and and what it's like to to do be in that space and be trans. Um, last year there was a panel about Alphabet, which is an anthology put out by uh, Stacked Deck Press, which has a bunch of people in it. Their work that have uh, been um, not queer. Uh, Prism Comics puts out a queer press grant to help uh, queer creators uh, put their work out there. The Alphabet Anthology focused on people that uh, were runners-up uh, for for the queer press grant because a lot of important work gets put in the it gets submitted, but not everybody can win the the queer press grant. So. Um, that was the focus last year. Now you brought you brought up Prism Comics. I want I do want to talk about them definitely. Yes, because I definitely. think that they're. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're pretty special, right? In that they are. Is there another uh, like um, publisher like them? Well, they are not a publisher, so they're a nonprofit. Really, um, they're not a publisher. Yeah. So oh, so confused about that. I, yeah. Okay. So Zan Christensen uh, used to be. He's still involved with Prism, but he used to be on the board at Prism, um, and he wanted to focus on the publishing side. So he started Northwest Press, um, which is a, a publisher. It's basically just him. <laughs> um, oh, you're right. Are, you're right. You're right. I don't know why I was so yeah. confused because it's Northwest Press. Like I met him at a Northwest Press booth, and I bought a couple books there. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, but but at big conventions, Prism and Northwest Press table together. Um, Prism is the nonprofit side and supporting, and they they fundraise for um, the queer press grant, which they give a stipend. Like it's a grant to give queer creators so that they can put out their work and, and get it published. And um, some of that means um, uh, going to either self-publishing or, or trying to get uh, Northwest Press to do that. But Northwest Press has put out um, several books that are really good. Um, Anything That Loves um, is an anthology about um, be- people who are bisexual. Um what other books? I why am I blanking? There are so many good books. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, they have tons. The Legend of Bold Riley. Uh, there's so much. Just go to NorthwestPress.com and you will find fabulous things everywhere. So, so Northwest Press is pretty much like almost exclusively queer content, then, right? Correct. I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. exclusively queer content. And, and so th- that's why th- that's who I was thinking of. So they're yeah. kind of unique in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. They're very they're very mission focused in that sense, right? And and one of the things that I loved about um, their booth and, and it's been a couple of years and actually I think 
it may have been in a PAX. Like, you know, uh, PAX, yeah, uh, PAX yeah. East has a diversity room. Mm-hmm. And I think they were there. So I was surprised to see comic books there. And and there was really a little bit of everything. There were a lot of anthologies, I remember. And, yes. And like you said, like you mentioned, there was one about bi characters, one you know about trans characters. And there were these very different stories that were obviously, it was so good to see so many different types of people represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, I really love how Northwest Post puts everything together. Um, Their anthologies, um, anthologies take a really long time for me to read, um, just because there's so much in there. Even though it's shorter stories, it's a lot of shorter stories and a lot to manage. Um, But so I have a bunch of books on my shelf that I haven't finished reading yet or, or I haven't started reading yet, but... Um, everything I, I read from Northwest Press is great. Um, and there's also stuff that's more, there's stuff that's autobiographical in some of those. And then there's um, other things that they have that are um, more uh, fictional stories. Uh, so they are your go-to for creator-owned, um, creator-owned uh, queer content. And I love them to death. And so, and you told me that they're launching a diversity award this year. Pr- Prism, Prism is, is launching. Okay. Prism is launching the diversity award. Um, and Tell me more. That, yeah. So it's something that they've been wanting to do for a while, um, but they've been working with uh, with a couple of people at uh, Queer Comics Expo and want to really acknowledge. Um, really acknowledge the way like good quality uh, representation of queer characters. Um, And so there's a few different categories. I think there's like a something for a small, like self-published like zine. I, I think I'm not exactly sure on that one, but there's different levels like best anthology, best uh, self-published, best uh mid pre- mid-sized press and then there's a mainstream uh comics uh category um and i've been told that they as of this recording have figured out who the winners are um, oh can we see the nominee list is that available uh, i don't know if the nominee list is available online it was uh self submissions um but uh, I do. Kn- I'll, I'll I'll see if I can figure that out and and get that. Um, see if it's online. But uh, the winners will be announced at the Queer Comics Expo, um, and they're working really hard on making some nice looking awards for these awesome creators. the The point is to acknowledge not only queer creators, but I think. In, and mostly queer creators, but also people who are getting representation right in general. Um, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's most, it's, it, I mean, I think anyone who had queer content could submit, but the, like, I'd say like 95% of the people who submitted were, uh, were queer creators, maybe even more, maybe like 99%. Um, so, but so it's a good opportunity for people to to get recognized um for the hard work that they do um and 
it's another chance for people's names to get out there. Yeah, it says the goal of the awards is to recognize, promote, and celebrate diversity and excellence in the field of queer comics. Exactly. So that can be a lot of stuff. <laughs> it could be a lot of stuff. It could be a lot of stuff. Um, but they they have a large group of judges um, with some nice criteria. I am not in on the process. Um, well, I, but... I, I don't see a list of nominees, but the, the categories are best short form comic, best web comic, best comic from right. a small to mid-sized press, best comic from a mainstream publisher, and best comic anthology. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot. And I know that one of the ones that took a lot longer for them to to get the, through the, all the content um, was the anthology because everybody has to read all the judges that for that category have to read every piece in the anthology um, or that was submitted. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome to see how this goes this first year. Um, this is the first time they've done these awards and I think that it will add a lot to, um, the community as well as the queer comics expo. So, Um, so you said something, um, that made me think, uh, you said, uh, you know, that you want to recognize people who are portraying, you know, like really good representation in, Mm -hmm. in their content. So I, I, I haven't asked you about this. Like, what do you think of that discussion that I've seen online people saying that I I think it's in Greg Rucka's run of Wonder Woman where they're talking about how what I've heard people say is that, oh, um, well, obviously there are romantic relationships on an island full of, um, you know, that where there are only women. But I've heard comments mm-hmm. like, like, obviously at some point she had a romantic relationship with a woman because she was surrounded by women. That doesn't seem to be like accurate to me in the way that that the world works. I'm I'm curious what what you've heard of this or or, or what exactly the discussion is that's going on. <laughs> so there's okay. So I really like what Greg Rucka has done with Wonder Woman. I love that there's a bisexual character, um, and that it doesn't necessarily like if you didn't pay attention, you could miss it. Like it's. It's not like, hey, everyone, she's bisexual. I mean, interviews and stuff have made it like that. But if you read the comic, um, it's like like glanced over almost, it's, but it's not subtle. really. Like there's, it's subtle, subtle. and okay. it's it's just like that's who she is. And it talks about how like there's one line where someone says she was with this girl, and like something about like. Uh, her and Cassia and her and this person and her and this per- and it was it was just like oh that's just how it is and that that's great um I think that it's tough to say that's not how like that's tough to say that's not how it is in the world because their world is very different as far as they knew they were only gonna have this island of women and they were never gonna there was gonna be no man there ever and um you do, like you don't know what would happen in in a world where it's just a bunch of women together, and I think in some ways Greg Rucka is right that um, it would take something away from the characters um, from from the Amazons if they weren't able to love or have relationships. Um, 
So I think it would it makes sense to me that she would develop relationships. I don't know if like I like I don't necessarily know how I feel about how it changes the you born this way versus victims of circumstance kind of kind yeah, of way of yeah. thinking. Um but I do appreciate that um the way it's been it's been handled and Wonder Woman is not the only queer character in Greg Rucka's run of uh Wonder Woman Rebirth. So Okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, see, because it was weird to me that because what I again I haven't read this run yet, so I'm And you should. It's so I should, good. I should I know, I know, I know. But uh I haven't read it, so I've only read what people are saying again, and it sounded like people were just saying, Well, obviously, like because she's surrounded by women, she must like women. I was like, What what right. what? I mean but like that's not, not every necessarily Amazon, how it works. Yeah, yeah. Like there must be like just by like Statistically, right? Like of all the of of all the people on that island, okay, they're all female, but they don't. First of all, they wouldn't all necessarily identify as female because they exist in a world where there are men. And depending on the version of the story, like, don't they essentially like go and like essentially sexually assault men to get pregnant and then have babies? <laughs> Isn't that kind of what the Amazons I, do? <laughs> I think that's historically what they do, but I don't think I've ever seen that in Wonder Woman. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, in the, <laughs> no, no, they show that in the, um, what's it called? In the, oh, in the Azarello run. They, oh, they, really? They show I, it and they show about how they, whenever they have boys. I don't boy, remember that. When they have boy babies, they discard them and give them essentially as slaves oh. to... Yeah, I forgot his name. The, the the blacksmith, the guy that makes the the weapons for all of the Hephaestus. The Hephaestus. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, so right. So the first of all, there's that. Then there's like, like by probability, right? There, there's some must be asexual, right? Some must be. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then and then you know you're on this spectrum. Anyway, so I, I yeah. thought that that was weird. Like you're generalizing in like the completely different direction, which I guess is good if we're going to go to extremes, but I just thought that yeah. the conversation was weird. So I was, I was just curious what you'd heard or what you thought about that. Yeah. So that, that's my, that's my take is like, I don't necessarily know how I feel about like nature versus nurture, I guess, in a way on the mascara, the way the, the on the mascara, but um, I do like the way it's portrayed and the fact that it's not like screaming from the root rooftops she's bisexual she likes ladies oh my gosh it's just it's just there and that is what i'm looking for in in a lot of ways um especially in mainstream comics because you want you want to feel as a queer person i want to feel like i am part of the world and i it's not my whole life is not about being queer so I so, am many other things first. <laughs> <laughs> so, so other than everything at Northwest Press, right? Um, what what do you think is particularly mainstream, but or, or any book that stands out to you, um, or or show or movie or anything like that, that is like really that like does really a really good job of of representing queer culture. Like, is there I, is there any standout for you? There, there are a lot of standouts. Um, I'll say. Pretty much everything from Boom Studios, Boombox imprint has queer characters, especially Lumberjanes. Um, oh yeah, oh man, Lumberjanes is the best. It's so good. I haven't, I am, I'm not completely caught up on it. 
Um, I've only gotten a couple of trades in just because there's so much to read. But Lumberjanes is so good and makes queerness normal um, and for young kids. And I think that's really important. And and um, and like like I do want to spend a minute on this because it's it's not just like sexual preference and sexual identity, right? It's like the gamut yeah. of queer culture, right? It's like it's all right. there, and it's not about that. It's just present, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. oh, Lumberjanes is just like it's, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I could I could fangirl over Lumberjanes for a long time. Um, even though I haven't read it all. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, me neither. I, I haven't, I haven't. I'm not all caught up, but, but um, it's like it's it's great, and it has it's great, and it has queer characters, right? It's not like it's not great mm-hmm. because it uh it has queer characters, right? So, yeah. and that's the important thing. It yeah. needs to be great first. I think is my my uh my thing. Um, I haven't read it yet, but there is um. Boom also has um, a a, why can't I think of words right now a comic called um, The Backstagers um, by James Tynan I hope he's the fourth I think he's the fourth he's the fourth yeah yeah. Um, he has done when it first came out I heard it compared to like the male version of Lumberjanes but it's like it's it's drama kids it's drama kids so like hanging out backstage and I haven't read it but I've heard amazing things about it and so I have a signed first issue sitting on my shelf waiting for me to read it are the stage um, crew kids represented in this in I this? think that's basically so. the stage I think oh, it's the okay. stage crew kids I think it's the stage crew kids which I was a stage crew there so was Nina <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so I think I think that's um, I think that's another safe bet. Like anything from the, I think Goldie Vance has some queer characters. Um, and and what I about just in love film? All, what about in film or TV? In film, in or film TV. or TV, my go-to right now is The Fosters. I love that show, and I've talked about it a million times on the podcast. So many. I times. think yes. I think some things they do. I can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head. Some things they do are a little problematic, just like any show, but they do their best to get it right. Um, it's a show about um, a lesbian couple who has who's raising one of their biological sons, so one mom's biological son, and then they have like four other uh, foster kids, and um, it's all kinds of drama and hilarity. They also had... Um, the first, the youngest um, gay male kiss on television um, uh, be- between the actors. They were the youngest. Um, and they also have, I think, the first trans male actor on television on a regular, uh, a recurring role on the oh, show. Um, that guy's been on, um, I think he was on... Um, on uh-huh. Shameless, I think he was on Shameless. I think uh, I'd, I've mentioned to you there's this scene, which is fantastic, where one of the characters, who's gay but like lives a very sheltered life, and he doesn't really get it, so he meets this trans guy, and it's he, yeah, and he introduces him to his friends, and then there's a scene that's just so good. I mean, 
where, where like everybody's sitting around the table and everybody's um, sharing their pronouns. Mm-hmm. And the kid from the family, like the redhead kid from from Shameless, I forgot his name right now, <laughs> but he like mm-hmm. he is like completely overwhelmed. He has no idea what is going on, and and I think that's a that's a good yeah. scene. That that's like one of my like that's one of my go to scenes to show mm-hmm. people like oh yeah like pronouns it's important. Check this out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the Fosters had um a scene with with this trans actor. And well, the trans character and um, one of the main characters, Callie, and did they didn't shy away from showing him kiss her, and that's a big moment, um, especially for teenage actors. There are there are other characters on the show who I think there was a, a, a another trans guy on the show, but it, the actor wasn't trans, um, and so they had a storyline about this kid in a group home trying to get illegal testosterone. And so it's very like very drama filled, like Beverly Hills, 90210 ish. Like, Oh my gosh, everything that could happen that goes <laughs> wrong, it happens. And they deal with every like social issue, drugs and eating disorders and like everything. But I think it's important and that they do it very well. And the family is full of love um, and they talk about the struggles of of having uh, of kids who are have uh, gay moms, even if they are in a fairly liberal area of San Diego. Um, yeah. And so I love that show. I love it. Okay. So definitely the Fosters is doing definitely it right. the Fosters is doing it right. I wish I could tell you that Supergirl's doing it right. I'm pretty sure they are. I've heard wonderful things about it. Um, but I can't. I'm so disappointed I, in you. I I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, I think I think my favorite queer character right now on a TV show is Felix from Orphan Black. Oh my gosh, I still haven't <laughs> caught up on it, but I love Felix so much. Oh, he's the best. Um, also, uh, the Doctor's new companion is gay. Uh, oh really? Bill. Yep. And and technically, there's a character that's trans. Like, as much as this alien race can be, because he used to be played hmm. by a man and now he's played by a woman. And because hmm. because uh, Time Lords regenerate. So technically, the doctor seems to... It, he's, he's made comments before, like, that he's actually been a woman at some point. And so the way that they that they handle that is always very interesting. And there's there's always rumors that they're going to that the next doctor is going to be female or is going to be played by female. And mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see about that. But those are kind of like new shows. Um, and actually, you know, um, I was thinking of like trans actors in different in different shows. And and I can't think of anything like any other show other than uh, Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And With- and Sense8. Where I think that even in Sensei, the actress that's there, she she's actually more of a star on that show than than Laverne Cox is on on Orange Is the New Black. Like, yeah, you know, like the she problem was like with Orange Is the New Black is it's it's an ensemble cast. But so so, so is Sense Eight, but like yeah. like Laverne Cox wasn't like. Like you know, for the for for the first couple of seasons, she was definitely a supporting character, and then she's had a few of like she's had a really good string yeah of like by the third like, third fourth season it was story she was more front and center yeah but from from like the first episode um 
the actress on on Sense Eight, but it got canceled, which is kind of sad. But those are those are the only ones I can think of um, of shows that I've watched right now. Yeah, I mean, there are shows like Transparent. Um, I've heard good things about that, but there are a lot of yeah. people who don't like. Um, there are a lot of people who, and I can I. At first, I was like, why does it matter? But I guess um, I can understand why. And I, I'm definitely not trans, so I don't like I don't have the same point of view as other people. But um, having straight men, especially play or even straight women, not not straight, but cis men and cis women play um, trans characters ends up making it kind of causes an erasure or like gives these other ideas about um, what trans being trans is like. So yeah. having a, a male actor dress up as a trans woman, then people who don't know trans people can see like they see that's all they see. So they're like, well, you're just, you're trans. So that means you're just a man in a dress. Um, Rather than seeing someone like Laverne Cox, yeah, who is very much a woman, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I have I have mixed opinions on this, and, uh, and so do I, and and I, and again, the, neither of us are trans, so we can't. I will not make a, a, a firm <laughs> a statement right. either way. But what I do appreciate about Transparent is that it's it shows the struggle of this person who is forced to be to to show uh that he's male to his family and to people in public and then in private he is mm-hmm. like he is not in private that he's like he is a woman but in public he has to he has to act like a man present yeah yeah he has to present male and then the show starts where he finally comes out to his kids so he's so you learn that he's been doing this his whole life and mm-hmm. he's like 60 when he finally tells yeah. his his kid and like you see how his different kids react and how they adjust to this and I've only seen the first few episodes but I really appreciated that cuz that's a story I've never seen and it's it's not a story from the kids point of view which is probably something that we've there's been some version of at some point but you're right. seeing it like he's the star. It's his story. It's how he, um, how much he's struggled with having to hide who he is, and him having to explain it to his kids. So again, like I get it. He's a he's a straight actor, but the story that's being told, man, like as long as it's getting yeah. told, I'm I'm so happy. And 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 then the show is. Again, everything I've seen, I've liked, but it's like it's it's won awards. Like it's a it's it's yeah. critically acclaimed, which is fantastic. Well, and that's and that's my thing. Like, if the story is important to be told, it should be told. And I can accept that there are problems, and and it's good to have discussion about why things are problematic. Yeah. Um, yep. In any situation, with with any um, thing, and I and I do say that, like I said, I'm not trans, so I don't have the same experience with. Um, with having to deal with the the aftermath of those kinds of things, um, but I definitely want trans people to have the voice and, and the ability to say this is not necessarily okay. Can we find some trans actors to play these these characters? Um, because 
I mean, it's their stories, essentially. So. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Man, we've still got a long way to go, but damn, things have gotten a lot better. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, there there are people that, that called in about um, or, or tweeted or whatever about scenes, I guess, on Supergirl with, with kisses and like, I got to have my kids stop watching this because of this kiss and oh, but um, but and there's a story that i that um i may have shared it with you about this girl who who went to the comic book shop and was super shy and she asked for the supergirl comic and mm-hmm. the 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 girl who this is a story told by the by the girl who worked at the comic book shop she was like i saw that girl i saw myself like i knew why she wanted that comic book so i asked her right like, why I do you want to see that, that story. Yeah. yeah and and essentially she beca- because there's now a gay character on the show and she hadn't come out to her family she wanted to see that character like she wanted more of that character so she went to the comic book shop which is something and that's that not she there uh, yeah that's not really part of the story but she still yeah. wanted she wanted more of that, you know, and she was like, what a big first step to like go out and buy content that you think is representative of you and how you feel. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the in the sh- the miniseries, uh, Supergirl being super, there are queer characters in there. Um, it's being uh, written by uh, Mariko Tamaki and she's very queer. And so she made sure to put some queer characters in there and. Um, and I mean, obviously, in that one, it's like the sidekicks, but I guess that's the way it is in Supergirl, the show, too. But I mean, yeah. uh, so it, it's tough because you want to have something where it's front and, f- and center. Um, and there are a few who are like that. There's Batwoman. Um, there's Iceman has his own series now. And I tried to go buy it at my comic shop and it was because I didn't put it on my pull list. We haven't up. talked about. We haven't talked about. I mean, first of all, shout out to Batwoman. I don't care how how much attention Wonder Woman is getting. Batwoman Read is Batwoman. amazing, <laughs> and I'm reading. I'm reading the new Batwoman. Um, is it and good? you and I, you and I did not like the first one, right? Which was the Batwoman rebirth, rebirth number one issue. Yeah. The yeah. like what should be a, a number zero. Yeah. Um, but since then, it's been really good. I really um, like Crown Detective, so so I've been looking yeah, forward to her. Yeah, well, show, I just picked book. up the second trade of Detectives, so I'm really excited to read that. Tim Drake and is officially coming back. Anyway, that's a tangent. Really? Yeah. Yep. <gasps> yep. Um. Oh, you're taking away, you're taking away the queerness of our only queer episode. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's tangentially related, right? Yes. Um, but um, this you get to see. Um, in in the Batwoman series so far, um, and I was really bummed that the new issue wasn't out when I went to the store the other day. But maybe it'll be out soon. Um, they show you like a lost year of her life. It's it's really cool, and she has she has an Alfred of her own on a submarine, and it's like Alfred's like daughter or granddaughter or something. Huh. And- well, because they are because. Uh- <laughs> Um, Batwoman and Batman are cousins. Yes, they are, and that makes me think because she's Jewish. Is Batman Jewish? Mm. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Um, you know, this is, this is interesting. But I, I always thought, man, I hope they don't retcon the West Point stuff of her story, which was like, don't it's ask. Still don't. Part of, it's still part of the story. Yeah. Well, it's what still I'm thinking is it. like, don't ask, don't tell was still relevant 
then. And even yeah. though it's part of history, I don't know how relevant it is now. So I wouldn't mind some sort of – if they did retcon it to make something – it's still there. Yeah. Um, I think it was in that issue that we both didn't really yeah. care. Like we didn't. It wasn't like I didn't hate the issue. If if you never a read any Batwoman, yeah. if you've never read Batwoman, it was it's a good. I mean, you should just read the old stuff. But if you wanted a quick synopsis, that was that issue is really good. Um, but by the in way, there, you start it does reading have the West Point. By the way, you start by reading fifty two. <laughs> That's your introduction to Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Then you read the Batwoman uh, solo story. You read. You read Elegy. You read exactly. Yeah, yeah. But Batwoman is is great, um, and is a, a she's like she's lesbian all over the place. She's got <laughs> ladies everywhere. She's been with everybody. I swear. Oh. Um, so then, that's a that's a good that's a good yeah. comment. And then yeah. and then you mentioned Iceman, and we haven't talked about it in a while, but his story is fascinating because what what happens in in All New X Men a couple of years back now is that so historically um, Iceman has been straight, but right the younger versions of the original X Men come to the present, right, and they're living and they can't go back, so they're living alongside their their present selves but they're their young selves and Jean Grey is now more powerful than she's ever than she's ever been before because she's being trained differently mm-hmm. and so she just like goes up to Bobby one day and is like oh oh like you like guys and he's like mm-hmm. no what? Like, you gotta stop reading my mind you can't do that shit so then he goes to his older <laughs> self right and is like Wait a minute, like she's right about me, but you're like a ladies' man. And then he's like, Yeah, I'm I've never like admitted that to anybody. So it's like it changes his history, right? In this really, really right. interesting way. And so he gets to essentially because he's this is the the, the earlier version of, of him, he gets to relive his life differently, you know? And yeah. and not have that um, you know that weight of of hiding himself and and like I've I haven't read um, much after when that happened in the comic books, but like now it's like Bobby Drake is gay and and he just and he has a solo last book. month he has a solo yeah. book that came out yeah. which is which is again it's just so cool which so is man yeah things are getting better. <laughs> this is yeah, really good. I mean, but a lot of people in the queer community don't like how he was outed but no that's on, fucking horrible in my opinion, like how he was outed horrible. is not okay it's horrible how he was <laughs> but it happens yeah, yeah like and yeah. that's and that's my thing it it happens in real life people are outed so on accident on purpose whatever um i think but imagine speaking with the earlier version of yourself right like right, like look at it from yeah. both perspectives and having that that oh, conversation having, that you have yeah. internally but is it's happening between Two versions if you of could yourself. have that in real life, yeah, it's so yeah. deep. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just <laughs> like oh, if man. you if I if I could talk to my my fifteen year old self, like hmm, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, I think that Geeks Out, which is a organization that uh, they put on FlameCon in New York, and they they table at different conventions, and it's a, a group of queer geeks, and they do awesome things. Um, they had a T-shirt. 
I believe, that said, I was outed by Jane Grey. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, want man. that shirt. Uh, oh, so man, good. that's really good. Yeah. This is, so this, there's is that. this has definitely been our gayest episode ever. It is. And yeah. there's more because America Chavez is queer, too. That's right. I've only read the first issue, but she totally breaks up with her girlfriend and or the girlfriend breaks up with her and she runs off to go be a hero. <laughs> or no, she runs off to go like to an interdimensional university or something. But uh, yeah, she's queer, too. So, lots of queer characters, not a lot, like, and they're all getting their own, like, their own title, but most of them are characters that are not characters that most people would, like, pick up. Other than Wonder Woman, like, Wonder Woman is one of the three in DC, like, is the one of the Trinity. Um, everyone else is... I mean, Batwoman's, like, B-list, almost A-list. Like, I think she is A-list at this point, but it's, like... No. Yeah, I, exactly. To us, she is. But <laughs> to us, she is, right. Right. I live in a bubble. Yeah. But but it's true. Like, there's not, like... Like, it's not, like, Professor X is gay or or Batman. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I mean, we are, like like you said... There's so so much of a like long way to go that we have, but we've come so far. Yeah, yeah. This is this is quite the this celebration. Is, it it is. Bef- celebration before my celebration that everyone gets to find out after about, your celebration. After my celebration. <laughs> so while y'all are listening to this, I will be passed out. <laughs> yeah. And so recuperating from marching. Let us know about all the fun you have. <laughs> I will. So many marches, so many rainbows, so many awesome things, <laughs> and so many comics and and oh, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, like I mentioned earlier, the the episode fifty one of Jedi Council um, is a Pride Month uh, Love Is Love episode. So check that out if you want more of an education on on LGBT issues per se. And uh, yeah, let us know if we missed some of your favorite characters or if there's anyone that, that we missed. I would, I would love to hear it. We'll, we'll, we'll reshare those because uh, that, is, that is good stuff. Good stuff to share. Yeah. The, like we gave a pretty good list, but you can't like, I'm sure I'm forgetting some. We don't um, read, watch, and um, consume everything. So Yeah. One last thing I want to mention is that there is Mari Naomi is a is a queer cartoonist and she has created a list on a, a, a like a database of queer cartoonists so you can go to queercartoonist.com and it is a list of as many people as she has it's not everybody because she hasn't been able to reach out to everybody um but anyone who contacts her ends up on the list um so if you need to find any you could find any type of queerness, asexual, bisexual, pansexual, gender queer, trans, whatever you need, whatever you want to find, there's someone on that list who probably matches that. Um, and lots of good creators on that list. So I'll add that to the, to the show notes. Oh man, this has been great. I got to tell you, the, most, the thing I'm most excited about is uh, checking out Backstagers. The anything that is like Lumberjanes, I'm I'm all for that. (laughs) You've just listened to Geek Therapy on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and our other podcasts, visit geektherapy.com.